Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's important to remember just how spread out this current conflict in the Middle East is. Most of the fighting, of course, is in Gaza. Israeli special forces stormed the largest functional hospital in the Strip on Thursday. They claimed that Hamas had previously held hostages there. Hamas has denied operating in the facility. Then there's also Israel's northern border with Lebanon. Things have escalated there in recent days. Israeli airstrikes killed 12 people on Wednesday as it continues to trade fire with Hezbollah. And then there is the Red Sea. Iranian-backed Houthi forces and Yemen have been targeting commercial ships in the Red Sea, claiming the attacks as revenge against Israel. The growing the U.S. and U.K. launching strikes on Houthi fighters in Yemen in an effort to force them to halt their months-long attacks. The second largest shipping company in the world told CNBC it does not expect to use the Red Sea route again anytime soon. These attacks have not stopped. And the U.S. continues to respond. It carried out more strikes this week. But what does that response actually look like? And is it working? They will essentially detect the missile being launched from Yemen. And then they have essentially a few seconds to respond. Today, our reporter takes us on board U.S. Navy warships for a rare look at the frontline fight against the Houthis. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rind. Natasha Bertrand is a national security correspondent for CNN. She's with us today. Natasha, where in the world am I finding you right now? Well, I'm currently in Manama, Bahrain, which is home to the U.S. Central Command's Naval Forces, which is basically in charge of all of the naval operations that we're seeing being carried out in the Red Sea right now against the Houthis uh, out of Yemen. Right. This is something we've talked about on the show a few times, and we've seen the U.S. actually respond to try to reduce some of these capabilities. Has that deterrence worked at all? So we wanted to see up close what these naval operations actually look like against the Houthis who have been launching all of these drones into the Red Sea. So we embarked on the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier in the Red Sea, which has been on the front lines of this battle. Now, these are just some of the fighter aircraft that are taking off on a regular basis from this aircraft carrier every single day to conduct. So the Eisenhower aircraft carrier is essentially a huge floating city. I have about 600 people that work for the air department that provide all the fuel, move aircraft around, keep things safe on the flight deck and the hangar bag. It has thousands and thousands of personnel on board, thousands of sailors working every day to make this aircraft carrier actually function and operate. We'll launch aircraft in cycles, anywhere between an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes three hours. It is really hard to depict just how large uh, this ship actually is. It can hold more than 70 aircraft, and there are currently more than 70 jets and helicopters 
on the Ike uh, in the Red Sea right now. Right center rudder, steady on course 289. I'm rudder is wake 15 degrees, come to course 289. This space is always ready to go 24 7. So it doesn't matter what day of the week is, what time it is, we're always going to respond to any. Uh, attack or We also went on the USS Gravely, a destroyer, which has also been shooting down some of these Houthi missiles. And what we found is that, yes, they are working at a very frenetic pace to try to interdict these missiles and to try to prevent them from hitting ships in the Red Sea. But also the Houthis are continuing to fire. We were woken up early this morning around 4.30 a.m. to the sounds of alarms blaring on this aircraft carrier, a sign we are told of a potential imminent threat by a Houthi drone that was flying. In fact, they launched one while we were on board the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier, and the U.S. had to deploy fighter jets while we were on the carrier as well to strike a missile inside Yemen that was preparing to launch also while we were on board. Wow, that's wild. So what does it look like then when a situation like that comes up? Like how much time do they have to react? So we did go inside the command center of the USS Gravely, which is a warship that has been based in the Red Sea for the last several months. And what we saw is that they are constantly prepared to respond to an incoming Houthi missile. Red is the missile? Yes. Okay. They will essentially detect the missile being launched from Yemen, and then they have essentially a few seconds to respond and determine whether wow, that- seconds. Seconds, yes. So a supersonic missile, of course, the, you only have probably like 10, 15 seconds to make a real evaluation mm-hmm. of what it is, and then you want to have stuff rolling into place because- to determine whether that missile is going to pose a threat to ships in the area or whether it's going to just land harmlessly in the water. But they have to really be prepared to react within seconds. It is a very split-second decision. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's been like being on this ship in this really kind of unprecedented moment when the Houthis have been firing pretty relentlessly here in the Southern Red Sea? Um, it's definitely not what we expected to be out here. Uh, definitely expected to be out here for a little bit, you know, being a Sixth Fleet kind of have a more relaxed and chill uh, <laughs> yeah. deployment. Um, we spoke to some of the sailors and the pilots on board these ships, and they really emphasized that this is a brand new environment for them. Hmm. They never thought that they were going to be deployed in this arena, in this theater. Definitely not what anybody expected here at all. Um, and it's important to note also that the Houthis firing anti-ship ballistic missiles, that has never been done before in combat. Hmm. And so all of these personnel are having to learn really um, day by day, how best to respond to this very unique threat. And part of the challenge also is that these Navy uh, sailors and pilots, they have not been able to go to port uh, really for the last several months. And that is very unusual. Usually they can, you know, go to port several times during their deployment to kind of get on land and get a break. Well, they have been working round the clock really since November uh, to try to defeat uh, this threat from the Houthis. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how long can the U.S. keep this up? So we spoke to commanders on board the Ike and the Gravely, and they said that they are prepared to continue this mission against the Houthis really for as long as it takes. Uh, I'll just note we have seen a decrease in their activity, and that goes for their ballistic missile activity, their cruise missile activity, 
uh, their unmanned surface vessels that they have that actually have weapons inside of them, uh, we've seen a reduction in that activity. And we have pretty exquisite intelligence that tells us that as well. So you have an idea of how many capabilities they have left and how long they could continue to we, launch these we, attacks? We do. We have a pretty, uh, pretty fair assessment. Could uh, it be that, months? Uh, I wouldn't say months. They are really confident that they can outlast the Houthis. They say, yes, the Houthis clearly have significant uh, stockpiles, but we have far more. We've got our uh, logistics train already mapped out uh, to stay here as long as the president needs us to stay here. The Dwight Eisenhower deployment is typically of an aircraft carrier in general is typically around seven months. That could easily be extended. And for other aircraft carriers in the region, it already has been. Wow. So it could be a very long mission uh, for these sailors and pilots. I'll be back with Natasha in just a bit. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number Smart Beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Tug of War and my conversation with CNN's Natasha Bertrand. The way you describe how this is all going, it really kind of gives you a sense why these shipping companies are just like avoiding the Red Sea altogether, right? If it's just so active and there's no end date in sight. Yeah, so the shipping companies have continued uh, in large part to avoid the Red Sea because missiles are still flying and ships are still getting hit. Mm. I mean, just in the last several weeks, we have seen uh, at least one ship be hit uh, directly by a missile resulting in some damage. And so it is understandable why these ships want to protect their personnel because not only are the ships being hit, but in some instances, the Houthis have actually managed to seize some of these vessels and take the crew hostage. Oh, wow. And so it's a very dangerous environment that the U.S. Navy personnel is operating in, and they're fully aware of that. The last time you were on the show, we talked about how Intel suggested that Iran was not really interested in a war with the U.S., and certainly the U.S. is not interested in a war with Iran either. And even how Iran was feeling nervous about how its proxies were kind of being so bold do we have a sense of how Iran is feeling now after all the U.S. response there in the Red Sea, like you talked about, and in Iraq and Syria, like we've seen? It's a complicated situation for Iran because on the one hand, obviously, they are continuing to provide the Houthis with weapons and intelligence to support these attacks on the ships in the Red Sea. But on the other hand, there are signs that Iran is getting increasingly nervous about what the Houthis are doing. And one particular sign is the fact 
that an Iranian spy ship that the U.S. has long observed uh, being present in the Red Sea right around this area in the Gulf of Aden specifically, where a lot of these attacks have been taking place, it moved. It moved to Djibouti. Hmm. So it moved for the first time really in a couple years. Uh, And that was an indication to the U.S. officials that we spoke to that Iran is getting uncomfortable because that spy ship was providing the Houthis with a lot of the intelligence they were using to target the ships. Now that it's moved out of the way, Mm. that has degraded the Houthis' ability to accurately target vessels in the area. So that could be Iran saying like, hey guys, like let's chill a little bit. Exactly. So the Iranians might be saying to the Houthis, we're going to park our vessel over here at a farther distance away um, so that you know, we can take a break from giving you some of the intelligence you've been using to to target these ships. It is a small but notable development that officials we spoke to say is is pretty significant. Mm, Interesting. Natasha, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind, our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Alex Vanisseri, Robert Mathers, John Dianora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andres, Nicole Pesaru, and Lisa Namarau. Special thanks to Caroline Patterson, Mike Conti, and Katie Hinman. We will be back on Wednesday. In the meantime, CNN.com or the CNN Five Things podcast is your place for the very latest. We'll talk to you later. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.